and welcome back to the Bear Necessities podcast. I'm your host, Austin. And we got some new intro music, you know? Yeah. Very snazzy. You know, we're really we're really doing this stuff now. I mean, oh, yeah. this ain't no joke. It ain't a game, you know? No, it's not. You know, I'm just like the preseason. Little, it's not longer. a game. All right, all right. Before we get copyright <laughs> striked and, and sued, uh, I'm going to go ahead and turn that off. Uh, man, how have you been this week? Yeah, I mean, it's been pretty good. Um, you know, definitely ha- happy. You know, feels like, you know, summer starting to wane down. It's really officially that football season coming up. You know, definitely uh, is not a joke anymore. Um, we're here preseason week two. One more uh, preseason game coming up. Uh, so, yeah, there's going to be some big shakeups coming up, Cut roster cutdowns uh, not too far away. Um, so it's getting legit, you know. We're about to have a 53-man roster, uh, you know, not so far away. Oh, yeah, I know. It's uh, Week two is, is week two, but uh, you get through it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, exactly. And, uh, you know, I, I have to say halfway through the game, I had that feeling that I kind of expected myself to have, which was, what the hell am I watching anymore? Um, but man, you, you know, there's still some takeaways. You, you get through it. Um, you know, I, I, I thought that one Colts player that, that kind of looked like Troy Polamalu against our team was kind of sticking out <laughs> to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tyson Badgett, you know, I yeah. mean, hero of the QB one question mark. <laughs> yeah. Could be. Could be. In a different era. Yes. But. In, a, in a different era. Well, before we get into it, we do, in fact, have a review. And, uh, you know, it's not it's not the the best review, um, but as always, we always read them off on the podcast. So uh, please leave us. We really like a five star rating and review. It helps a lot um, and it really helps with how we're recommended in the podcast algorithm. So uh, if all of you that are listening right now, if you get through the end, if you could just leave us a rating and review, I mean, that would help us substantially. But Reese, you ready to get into this uh this three-star yeah, review. Here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, let's let's get it out of there. All right. So the title of this review is BN Pod, July thirtieth, twenty twenty-three. Seems like we missed this one a little bit. So, a newer review by TCBY seven six one hundred. If you're listening, uh, you're dead to me. I- I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> you, the the review itself is actually is actually um, pretty nice. He says. These guys are good, but they need to change their description from multiple episodes per week to multiple weeks per episode, which uh, (laughs) couldn't be more factually correct, to be completely honest. Um, You know, consistency was something that in the beginning we struggled with, and then we went through long periods, and this is probably a listener that's been with us for a while, uh, long periods of not recording, and there was multiple reasons for this. but you know we're 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 trying to push through it now, and uh, we're back officially. Hopefully, you know we've been consistent for the first time in a while, and uh, we just made some major investments into technology. If you couldn't tell by uh, our, our our new sound system, and I think it, it it's going to really take us to the next level on consistency, and we're just really rethinking things now. Let me tell you, we're a hundred and damn near thirty episodes in. This is going to be a hundred and twenty ninth episode. Wow. Uh, not including the ones I think we deleted because, <laughs> yeah. um, Which that's yeah. probably about, you know, double it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so we're, we're pretty far into this, but this, this podcast just kind of catch all you up. This started back in 2019, right after, 
You know, the Bears super the oh, Super Bowl run. Playoff <laughs> appearance. Might as well be a Super Bowl run yeah, for right? us Bears Same fans, thing. right? Yeah. It's, it's about all we're getting nowadays. Uh, but uh, it, it started after that. And, uh, you know, it's it's had its peaks and valleys for sure. But, you know, it's, it's pretty impressive to me to see how much re- listeners we've retained even through... Uh, some of our poor habits and that's why we bought this system we really want to reward our listeners and you know start uploading a lot more consistency we're hoping to this season move to a two episode a week which was something that was requested many times by our previous listeners (laughs) um it's big time right but the bigger the bigger advancement on this podcast you know we're all about innovation here we were using a skype 2010 edition uh for the vast majority of recording this podcast (laughs) and if you don't know this we do not record in person either we record uh a you know, overseas, <laughs> uh, not, not actually, but, uh, we're Patriots. Uh, don't worry. Um, but yeah, we are using that and we are using audacity, which is up there in the running for worst software ever developed of mankind. That is extremely popular. Um, but yeah, now we're, we, we've moved ahead. We're Riverside. We're Riverside people. Uh, they reached out to us. They're like, it would be a blessing to have you on our platforms. And we're like, okay, you know, we moved to the road uh, <laughs> podcaster. They reached out to us. They're like, let's give give you guys a bunch of free equipment. I'm like, all right. All right. Yeah, that's exactly how it went down. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's definitely, it's been uh, quite the run. Um, you know, probably don't look back as much as I should. But, you know, nevertheless, you know, for all you diehard fans, maybe maybe some people jumped in, you know, in 2021. You want to go back and maybe really relive a little bit of Bears history, you know, see what it was like to be back in 2019, you know. Maybe oh, you yeah. want to hit up, uh, you know, the recap of the Chargers-Bears game. <laughs> was that in 2019? Yeah, like the, the 17 to 14, you know, weren't able to score eight times within the five-yard line, everything like that. Um, yeah. But it's definitely been a run, but yeah, finally um, feels like we're finally making steps ahead again. See, uh, we, big- we were just huge Matt Nagy fans. Like that, that's why we we stopped with the consistency. We just can't can't do it without yeah. Matt Nagy. Yeah, well, we had a, we had a source inside inside the Nagy camp. You know, we couldn't we couldn't blow it too much. You know, so we kind of went down with that ship, um, but we've reemerged. You know. Oh, yeah. Just like a, a certain uh, Bears personality who has on Twitter who has ties to uh, Bears ownership, <laughs> but oh, yeah. Um, yeah, but there's no, many honestly, of those. there's many right? of those. Uh, very true. Coming back to the the review, um, certainly on point. Uh, haven't read a truer review, um, but you know we're here to improve that. You know we're here to earn those other two stars. Uh, but definitely always appreciate the opinions, appreciate the truthfulness. And I think our first response when we, we both realized that um, we had finally come across review again is we were like, well, not even mad. It's the damn truth. So, yeah, yeah, we can't, <laughs> we can't be mad. Um, and we, we do appreciate, you know, the positive feedback, too, in this. And, you know, TCBY76100, my request to you is that, you know, over this football season, this is what we'll give you. We'll, me and Reese will be more consistent. We'll for sure get one episode up, but if not, we're, we're, we'll, we'll most likely be getting two episodes up per week. And if we do that, if we improve, I ask you to change your review to a five-star review. It's like a desperate entrepreneur asking like with a sales pitch, you know? Yeah. It's like, Have you I'm, seen I'm a- that, that actually, um, 
uh, brings up a, a good topic to start with. Uh, AlphaCon. Have you have you seen this on social media? So. No. So uh, in Miami now, they host a uh, whole convention for alpha males. And I figured, <laughs> you know, that's that's probably where we should be. Where we, where we should be going. Don't you think, Reese? <laughs> True. That might yeah, be exactly. a better location for the first meetup for this podcast <laughs> than Bearskin. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. We'd have, yeah. <laughs> Ed, Ed Ogeron was is a real alpha male, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. But, oh man, no, definitely. Um, I was not aware of that. I have not heard of. Uh, I guess maybe because you're um, a little more in tune with what's going on in that area. The alpha, but. yeah, I'm more in tune with the alpha male space. Um, yeah, true, true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's talk about football. Um, you know, a lot, lot of news, uh, surprisingly. Uh, you know, the, the preseason and, like, just taking a, taking a note on that, it's just, like, we're really in, like, it's almost offensive at this point. Like, you reach the, like, it's kind of enjoyable in the beginning. But I almost go back to, like, I kind of wish this was just training camp so I don't have to watch, uh, you know, Fountain catch multiple touchdowns in a game and I, I can actually see you know hear about the starters at least yeah. uh, but but so it's gotten to the uh offensive portion of preseason next week I think is the best preseason game thankfully which is the third one um but the bigger storyline out of this whole game well actually we'll keep it in preseason Tyson Bajan we talked about it a little bit on top of the show uh man it you know have to uh have to yeah have to appreciate the uh son of a legend 24 time left-handed arm wrestling champion uh his dad being uh you know he's able to swing the ball yeah no he's he's out there tossing the rock um you know decent amount of athleticism too you know i mean he on that touchdown two-yard touchdown run scrambled out found the seam no one was gonna be able to catch him i mean he had quite you know, if he got out in the open field, you know, he would pick out some yards. You know, he's mm-hmm. not just, uh, you know, all respect to Tom Brady, but, you know, he's not Tom Brady, you know, trying to waddle oh. around out there or, or Big Ben. Um, but I, I think that he's taken on well and with the situation going on where I, I think we are expecting a bigger game from P.J. Walker and he didn't really have it. So it's made things interesting as far as what does that QB2 spot look like, which then makes it interesting for, you know, and we'll see how the Bears decide to keep it, but with a new rule as far as having an emergency QB, mm. um, you know, if that makes any impact on the decisions they make as far as how after Justin Fields these quarterbacks are ordered. Um, but it's definitely been a pleasant surprise. I mean, it's been fun to watch in preseason too. Um, like you said, he's making, you know, Darius fountain, a name to watch yeah. on these, uh, preseason Saturdays as it's been so far. So I, I haven't been anything but pleased as far as the way that he's played. I don't think there's much complaint there. Um, and yeah, and I, I think also another one, um, that's just been popping off pretty consistently. Um, Oh wait, why am I blinking on his name now? I'm doubting. I'm doubting myself right now, Austin. Okay, um, all right, all right. I'll I'll continue as you look for his name. But uh, what I want to add on top of that is for Bajan, do we have a QB two competition? Because PJ Walker right. could not have opened the door any wider than he has over the past two weeks. He has looked horrible, and he's playing against backups. He looks right. horrible. Yeah, I was thinking of Baskerville, by the way, but. Oh, um, Baskerville. 
who's been pretty solid, you know, all throughout the preseason. But um, with that being said, yeah, I mean, against backups, PJ Walker's just been been missing it. You know, it's just like yep. you can tell too the throws are just late. It's just out of rhythm, and yep. I think that's really what's showing up is that in each one of these opportunities he's had. Um, you know, first week against the Titans, and then also this past week against the Colts. He just doesn't be able to get into a rhythm. I mean, and then on the contrast, you got Badgett goes, was it 17 plays, 92 yards? Yep. Like, just a complete coast-to-coast drive. Um, so it's really been night and day there. And, you know, a lot of things do change up through the po- or through the preseason. But like you said, I mean, P.J. Walker was still going up against second-teamers. So yep. it doesn't really look that great for him. And I'm going to be honest, just like – I know it's going to sound bad walking out there uh, into the regular season with your backup being a rookie undrafted free agent. Like, I understand that's bad, but, you know, Tyson, Tyson Bajan, he is the all-time yards leader in college football. Um, he had a very impressive career, that being in D2, you know, not obviously not being D1. He's in D2 Shepard. Um, but had the opportunity to play D1 that he actually turned down to stay with Shepard. Um, I just think he looks good. He looks confident. He's He yeah. reminds me, this is going to be like my comp for him. You know, obviously different levels, but play style. He's like a Kenny Pickett, you know? He just kind of yeah, yeah. kind of makes it, he's decisive, slings it. You know, I, I, I think you can win some games with him. He has shown infinitely more than P.J. Walker. And to the point that, like, I guess the only thing you could err on the side with P.J. Walker is that, oh, P.J. Walker is playing, you know, Q1, quarter one guys, and Bajent was playing quarter two guys. Which, by the way, Bajent played over Nathan Peterman, which I think was a huge step for him. And he crushed it, and he looked better than Peterman. Um, Which, by the way, Peterman's last play to end that game was about the most embarrassing way you can... Like, that's embarrassing for preseason, even. (laughs) You know, that was horrible. Um, But, like, for Bajan, I think he deserves to take all the snaps, or the first snaps that Justin Fields does not take in week three. Um, I just think that he's earned that right, at least. I get you favor PJ Walker because he has game experience, things like that. But like, you know, uh, with that rule you brought up, even to be that third emergency quarterback, you still need to be on the 52. You can't be in the practice squad. You need to be in the 52. You don't need to be active, quote unquote, but uh, on game day, but you still need to be on the 52. And with some of these other position groups, I'm not sure the Bears will want to keep three quarterbacks. They probably will. But if Bajan makes, I think they'll still take three. Because I think there's things that with PJ Walker that they kind of want to potentially think about, you know, like uh, not having him in a Taysom Hill role per se, but it wouldn't necessarily surprise me if they start uh, bringing him out on some of these design QB runs. Um, So I think there's like considerations there, but I don't don't know if this Bears staff will want three quarterbacks. Yeah, no, it's a... Right. I mean, just because the emergency QB rule doesn't necessarily mean we've gotten rid of the debate of two against three because, what, like 10, I guess 15 years ago to be safe, like you'd always carry three usually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then teams recently, once they made the trim down from, was it 50, was it originally 55 before they brought down the total number from 53 or 52, like you said? Like, I think it was like 55, you know, I can't prior remember. to the. Okay, I think it was like that. So you had that room to have a QB three more, um, 
But yeah, I mean, it's interesting, especially too when even uh, the special teams coach making comments about Valus today, you know, saying that he feels calm or confident about the kick returns, feels confident about Valus because he thinks that he's a top kick returner. But the issue that with Valus is, oh yeah, what that was that was a big question mark for me when I saw that. I was like, all right. <laughs> At least on the kicks that he returned last year, though, there's a little bit of fact in it. And I think he was like top three in return yard average. Yeah, and that's that's fair. I, I just feel like the, the quote couldn't have came at a worse time. You know? <laughs> I mean, it, it can't, and it's just like, too, I think it makes it really interesting with someone like, with someone like Vales Jones, for instance, because, okay, yes, he can be a kick returner. Maybe brings you some value at the receiver position. Definitely not someone that you're going to be depending on depending on week in, week out to make plays for you in the passing game. And then the punt returns seem like we're just not going down that road anymore. You know, like you, it. you, you can't, I, I feel like you just can't send him out there. on punt return. I mean, yeah. he, he's proven in every which way that he cannot handle the pressure of just having someone on him. Like he, I don't know how many games he needs to blow for this coaching staff to be like, all right, let's just take you off that for a long time. Um, I, I would not send him out there once. The issue is then is when you keep a pure kick returner, you need a bunt returner, which is typically a wide receiver or running back. And this room's already stacked in, in kind of those areas. It's going to be interesting to see who they potentially keep for those positions. So I don't know, man. What, like, I, yeah. I agree with his his sentiment that he is a he is good when he gets the ball in the hand in his hands. But like, I just wish he would have. I don't know. Like, I feel like Velas should be feeling the pressure right now a little. Yeah, bit. no, I, yeah, I mean, you would think so. I mean, they just he hasn't unfortunately done enough for himself to take himself out of the conversation. You know, you could talk about like this would be the same conversation if. Travis Gibson were like not having a great preseason, especially playing against, you know, backups or, or, you know, second teamers, you know, then you'd be equally concerned. And I think it's just for Valus, it's been too many mistakes, too much of the same, like too many of the same mistakes um, puts an interesting position. Cause like you said, I mean, right. We could have Pettis do punt returns and with the new rule too, as far as fair catching, you know, how much, what do, there's going to be some teams around the league that, that don't really care about kick return. Or, like, if it comes down to a player is, like, you know, they feel like one can tr- contribute a little bit more to offense but the other one could be a kick returner, but they kind of see him a little bit on even pegging. Like, some teams might opt for the, the better offense just because now with the fair catch rule, you can bring it out to the, the 25 every time now. So Yeah, th- we're, we're moving towards a, a non-special teams game, you know. Like that that's just yeah. the case. Like the data shows and everything that they're seeing, most injuries happen, especially like drastic injuries happen on these kick returns, punt returns. I get it. You know, it, it is good to protect the players, but at the same time, it's like also some of the most exciting moments happen from that. Um, you know, before we, we keep going, I want to keep getting through some of the weekly news before. And I, I again, I should have said this. This might be a new record for how long we're going to get into the episode before saying what it is. Uh, but this is going to be another stock up, stock down episode uh, on the preseason game. So we'll we'll get into that. But um, two former Bears players arrested in two days. Oh, not refresh my memory now. Robert Quinn, 
Yeah, yeah. You know, not not gonna make not gonna make any statements, but uh, he uh, he assaulted someone uh, uh, allegedly and drove his car into other cars, um, which is not something I would have expected from Robert Quinn because you've always heard him be kind of heralded character as guy. yeah, big big character guy. And then Jimmy Graham, which was a really yeah. confusing arrest, um, and it's weird that he's in the NFL again, um, which just i'm so confused about like why he would want to go back to the saints especially at this stage but um yeah he's arrested he was arrested um for like uh, they thought he was like under the influence but apparently he was uh experiencing a medical episode so i'm interested how like that uh went down but uh yeah so so bears on the map this week baby yeah, no, it's an interesting week for uh, Ryan Pace uh, signed Bears players. Um, 2020, <laughs> no. right when this podcast started, 2020 free yeah. agency class. Exactly. I am really curious as far as just like Robert Quinn, like you said, that's the one that really throws me through a loop a little bit. I just wouldn't expect it. You'd hope that everything's okay there mentally. Um, hopefully nothing, yeah. not someone that, I know of that's gotten a but like I know that he had his or has his brain tumor, but not someone that I know to have like a lot of like CTE issues. But you hope this isn't something, you know, like that, because it does just seem out of character. Jimmy Graham situation, like you said, just does seem odd. Um, but man, it seems like like this is the time of the year for this to happen. Not that it doesn't happen during the regular season, but you know, summertime. This is always when a lot of these issues with the players pop up. And it's also tough too. Like I feel like it clouds your vision because of what, how much we're on social media now, how many updates we get just right in the moment when they happen. But it seems like we're seeing more and more of this. Now I, I don't have the stats in front of me to pull it up, but um, as far as, you know, kind of like Robert Quinn's situation, I wouldn't necessarily call that minor, um, but a lot of other minor brush-ups. I know that, um, you know, right now the league and Elvin Kamara sorted mm-hmm. through some things, getting that out of the way. Um, a lot. I don't know. Just a lot of weird things happen around the league now. It kind of always keeps you on your toes. Oh yeah, yep, totally. Uh, and another thing, after the beef was apparently squashed, Jonathan Taylor requests trade, and uh, they they granted him the opportunity to go seek one out. Um, they said they're looking for. Uh, there was another report from an Indianapolis reporter saying that they're looking for a a first round pick. I I don't see that happening. I think yeah. we, man, what would you say he's worth? Max a second. Yeah. I mean, I think he's, think, I think he's worth a second. Um, with this running back class coming out this next year, I mean, there's some talents that are pretty comparable to Jonathan Taylor, I'd say, probably in that second so. round. Yeah. And that's just kind of the issue is it's like, it's tough for, and it, you know, we, went over this in the summer or at least i think we hit on it as far as the whole running back i know they kind of had a whole little meeting as well um where they talked about it i know that's like spearheaded by like austin eckler and some other running backs around the league talking about compensation i know josh jacobs now says that he's going to end his holdout and be back for week one so you know this is happening with the running back position uh, you know around the league obviously and it's tough because it's a very important position but like you said each year every draft kind of just rejuvenates the league with young running backs that are going to be on rookie deals and it's 
kind of just the reality of it. Um, and at least where the NFL is at right now, it, that's not going to change, at least for the foreseeable future. Um, so that makes it tough for someone like him. I do think he's worth a second. Like you said, you know, maybe if we want to factor in um, some future value with some players that are coming into the league next year and players and rookies that just came in this year, you know, maybe that does slip his value more back to like a third. Um, I, he did I have a very, very it. elite year in 2021. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, tough. I it's could- tough to gauge. I could really see him uh, getting traded for like another running back and like a third round pick. Um, makes me wonder if uh, the Bears will have any interest in this. Obviously, the connection there with Ibrahflus, who's spoken really highly of him. Everyone that's around Jonathan Taylor, besides Jim Mersey, uh, speaks very highly of him. <laughs> uh, it's more like a question of like which teams would be, in my opinion, willing to give him a contract. I I don't see the Colts getting a lot for him though like okay and i'm gonna i'm gonna pop, uh, pose this potential trade to you right what would you think of uh if the bears gave up khalil herbert in the third for him yeah i don't know i think like value wise it almost feel in a weird la- weird way like we gave up a little too much huh. um but it would I wouldn't be mad about bringing Jonathan Taylor in too at the same time. You know, I wouldn't be mad. It's just like, like you said, I don't know who around the league is really biting for it other than like a team that's immediately contending. And for the amount of money that he wants, it's going to be tough to, to spin that both ways. You know, I I think it's like the obvious like players would be like the bills and like um, the dolphins. Yeah, but like, but I don't mind. I don't mind the Dolphins' running back room as it stands right now. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think like mo- they just kind of robbed like the the second tier of San Francisco running backs. You know, yeah. So, which I think it's interesting when you compare like what the the trade that uh, Christian McCaffrey demanded or like got back in return. It's interesting to see, but I think Jonathan Taylor has some value in the passing game as well. You know, he's not strictly just a runner. Like, that's where it's different with someone like Derrick Henry. Not saying that he has bricks for hands, but, like, you would definitely see him more as just like a running style running back, you know. But the league is kind of favoring the scat back type look of being able to, to run, catch the pass, maybe sacrifice a little bit of pass blocking in there, so... Every offense is valuing different things, too. And, and we're going to see because I think we're at an interesting inflection point in the league where it's eventually enough of these Shanahan offenses are going to kind of make their way around the league where, you know, certain positions are valued different than others. And it's kind of conflicting with some of the other just wide open, spread it out, um, you know, kind of air raid offenses that we see a little bit in the NFL. Every team wants to get a little bit of balance, but, you know, along those yeah. lines. Well, I mean, the the Shan- that's why I immediately, with Jonathan Taylor specifically, I look for a Shanahan scheme, which is why I feel like the Dolphins, if anybody, are, would probably be willing to part with the most. I think the Bears are in it because as much as I like Khalil Herbert, I, I, I do like Khalil Herbert, and I think he's good with the outside zone running, which is kind of a staple in the Shanahan. But the Bears also, because of Justin Fields' running ability himself, mix in a lot of inside zone runs too. And that's not Khalil Herbert's strong suit, to be honest. So I, I think that's a little bit of the reason why we got Roshan is because he's able to kind of manage that load. Whereas I feel like Jonathan Taylor is like perfect for kind of both like being versatile in both those areas. 
doesn't I, seem like a poles move though at all. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It it would just be I I don't think I think poles would do it depending on on what the what the um the the value would be. You know, I I don't think it's really going to be a contract matter cuz the Bears are in a position where they could play with the money and and, and give them a front-loaded deal over the next 2 years and uh kind of make it happen, but with what we know of Ryan Poles, he definitely tends to subscribe to the idea and the chiefs in general that running backs are replaceable um and and, you know that's where he came from the chiefs ian cunningham the eagles i mean miles sanders they drafted him pretty highly let him go right exactly and i just i still feel like too i do think that the upper management now probably feels pretty high on this team as far as like they can contend probably at least for like the division this year like i feel like that's their outlook on it but I still feel like, you know, Ryan Poles, Ian Cunningham, if he's still around by the next offseason, excuse me, yeah. if he's still around by the next offseason, as far as like nine or team scooping him up, um, I still think they're still, they're still really going to value their draft picks this coming year. Cause I think that's going to be a lot of, um, instead of, you know, having to worry too much about need, need, they should be able to pick a lot of players that they really like, which for the most part they did in this past draft as well but I feel like they're going to want to make some finishing touches through there. And, you know, just being honest, I'd rather have them have more picks because in comparison for Ryan Poles on his report card, you know, his draft picks way up there, you know, and and a good like B plus a range free agent signings. eh, (laughs) You know, maybe like a a C. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) there's been a lot of misses. To be fair though. Yeah. We haven't really, I think the strategy was different last year than this year, you know? So like, I, I, I do think that this will be a team built through the draft. What I'm really interested in is these high priced free agents, how they hit like Tremaine Edmonds. How good does he have a big one? Yeah. That, that's huge. Right. Some of the guys like Lucas Patrick, I know that we talked about him last podcast, some of the other signings last year kind of meant to be replaced, you know, yeah. in a way. So mm-hmm. I, I get that. Like I'm not gonna fault too much on those kind of signings, but yeah, the train admins, that's a big one, especially with the money is dumped, especially in not signing the player that they trade away. And it looks like a good deal now, but they didn't take they didn't want to bring back Roquan and then they go out and make a splash move with Train Edmonds. It seems like the better scheme fit, but still gotta see how it pans out. Yeah. Which it's been really weird to me to see the national spotlight on Roquan now that he plays for the Ravens. Um, I don't know if it's just because yeah. that Ravens linebacker has been so iconic, uh, but it, it, it just it like, is with the bears too. You'd think, it, it is. It is. Yeah. But it just seems like there's like this double standard, which is weird because it's a smaller market team. Um, I, I just, I, I don't really understand the, the, the shift because I feel like Roquan has had way better years than what he had last year. Um, yeah. but, but like, I think that Panthers fans will end up saying similar things about DJ Moore this year, to be honest, like, let's be honest before this bears trade P- Panthers being a smaller market team, quarterback issues, DJ Moore was not really in the national spotlight very often, but now it seems like now he's paired with Justin Fields, an exciting bears team. He's getting a lot more love. Um, yeah, no, that is how it works. You know, I mean, we consume our information through the media, especially when we can't always be watching. And hey, they're gonna spin it the way that they want to spin it. And there's no, 
Yeah, there's no way of looking at it because they're thinking about there was no quarterback. To, the, the media loves a good quarterback wide receiver tandem, you know. They yeah. love it, and they didn't have that in, in Carolina, at least consistently. And now the thought is this is going to be a link up. This is what was. This is what's ultimately going to raise both of their games. Um, not, DJ Moore has already shown that he can play exceptionally, and, and you know Justin Fields has definitely had more than a few moments as well. He's really shown out. But now I think this is kind of supposed to be like the. I think people think Hurts and AJ Brown. You know, yeah. and they're like, "This is how it's supposed to work." Yeah, so. or like Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen, exactly. Know, right, it's the new story every off season. Yeah, um, another news news bite. You mentioned Lucas Patrick; he might end up being our new center right now because uh, yes. Tevin Jenkins <laughs> finally. Yeah. Uh, Te- Tevin Jenkins. I can wear the jersey again. <laughs> I could dust off the old blue jersey. <laughs> oh man, but. <laughs> Um, but you know, uh, Tevin Jenkins weirdly comes out today, two calf strains, both calf strained, even though he didn't get injured in practice, didn't play in the preseason. Um, what happened? Yeah. Apparently some people are trying to walk it back to like a leg injury that happened on August the 3rd, but you know, if we know one thing about this particular camp, especially with Eberflus, is we might not always be getting straight information on injuries, um, which happens, you know, happens in professional sports. But it is really interesting to see what happened. I mean, of course, you think about did it happen, something off the field um, was or where did it exactly stem from? Not sure. So we're going to have to monitor it. I think I've heard six weeks as far as recovery, but yeah. Adam Schefter comes out today, says both calves are strained, no timetable for return. And uh, I think you kind of feel a little bit of a pit in your stomach if you want to go with that angle. But, you know, I'll be optimistic for right now. Is is a strain just like a partial tear? Like, I, what, I, I'm confused by this injury and how injury. someone would do <laughs> injure both of them at the same time. Yeah, box jumps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> Dunking a little too hard, just yeah. landed on both heels, strained right. his calf. Um, Unbelievable, but I mean, honestly, what a shot to the gut. I mean, this is gonna, yeah, that's gonna suck. Honestly, I mean, I hate to be this guy too, um, but I brought this up. I was like, the only thing that's gonna stop Tevin Jenkins is himself, and I brought up yeah. repeatedly the concern of of him not being able to play a full season. And, and here we are again. And unfortunately this time it's before the season even starts. So hopefully once he's back, he's back. But man, if this is a, if this is an on and off the, the injury list type of year for him, God, it's going to be bad. And hopefully it's not something that really uh, sinks the trajectory of the offensive line, but we'll see still lots of time. So. Well, it doesn't help either that both Nate Davis and Cody Whitehair are also known to have their own stints on the injured reserve and injury issues as of late. Like, this is not – let's be honest here. I think this interior offensive line could end up being a problem again this year just based on how many injuries could potentially come on this team. Um, I know, like, people are getting excited about Jatire Carter and Alex Leatherwood, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but <laughs> it's not good when you have your b- multiple backups on your offensive line. Um, I just saw a funny no. tweet uh, by a Bears fan that had Sam Mustafer's picture and it said, it's time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, so that, that right. was... 
that uh that would be the ultimate sentence of hell um you know not it's not it's not the best it's not the best news but there could be worse news i just hope that he's able to get on the field a little quicker six weeks is what people are saying i don't know man it's it's a little bit like what like can't we get you know can we push that up a little bit? I mean, six weeks for a calf strain, I guess, two. Well, apparently, like, you know, right with, like, you're happy it's not a knee injury because it could be done for the year. But apparently with muscle injuries, there's no real timetable because everyone's muscles recover different. So it's, I guess that's why it's a little bit up in the air, you know, like, which maybe... It could be four weeks, you know, and he just misses the Packers game or something like that. What if it's seven? You know, I, they're definitely, and I know a lot of people have been bringing up Dalton Risner. Yeah. His name has been brought up a lot. That would um, make sense to me. Which, it makes sense for sure, but it's real interesting how it works out with, like, um, one name gets brought up and passed around in social media, then all of a sudden everyone's like, Dalton Risner, Dalton Risner, like he's the guy that we got to sign, like just because people have been throwing his name out there. Um, but it would be a very sensical signing. Someone that has missed, I think, four games in his whole career yeah. um, as far. So talk about reliability. He'd have it. Uh, but at the same time, you know, there's also we can't really convince ourselves that he's anything that's going to completely solve the offensive line. He's kind of just a bit of a stopgap, which is kind of why I feel Lucas Patrick has as well. So also what has Lucas Patrick proved or like given us any hope that he should be better than like Jatiri Carter, just slotting in at, at left guard. Like why are we moving the whole offensive line around Lucas, Lucas Patrick? I don't, I don't, I don't see any reason why he hasn't played in a preseason game. Yeah. Like, he hasn't done that in the games that we saw him play last year. Honestly, most times he was a weak spot. So, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, but we'll see, man. We I, will I hate see. To, I hate to say it, but for as good as um, Tevin Jenkins has been, I'm not sure he'll get a second contract. If if this keeps up, I mean, we're talking he's he's off the field more than he's on the field at this point. It makes uh, next it makes next year because I think that'd be his final year of his contract makes that massive. Yeah. Yep. It, yep. So. It makes that. That's basically do it like, like even he could miss maybe a couple games, but he has to play out of his mind. Yeah. So weird, but you know, of course in typical bears fashion, <laughs> of course in typical bears fashion, we wouldn't resign him, and then he's going to get like healthy and just be, <laughs> just light down all pro yeah Yeah, i mean well that's the that's the issue is he's so talented when he's on the field um before we get into the news i need to talk about the broadcast for a little bit that was probably the worst most poorly broadcasted game i've ever watched i mean they interviewed every single colts player that is on the team first to third string and then we had jim ursay speak to us for an entire quarter (laughs) What? I thought I was the only one that had the pleasure. <laughs> I was like, man, I must be on the cult stream right now, man. I was like, no, I, I, I was just like, oh, and the game's going on. And you're like, I the, the most offensive part about all this. Is I was listening to it through the radio broadcast. So instead of hearing the play by play for the game, I'm just hearing Jim Ursay talk about how they should have won the Super Bowl in 1987 or something like that. Yeah. 
no unreal and, and like that's what makes the whole jonathan taylor thing like so funny he's like yeah we're gonna get it worked out with him you know he's <laughs> like, we're gonna get it all worked out next day pop on twitter or whatever x whatever in the world is called now um and you know it's like oh trade rumors back again it's just you can't believe it with the Colts. Honestly, I, and that's why I find it so funny when like teams like look up to the Colts and they're like, oh, Chris Ballard and all this. I'm like, this team is so poorly ran, bro. It's just so weird. But, hey, I mean, Jim Mercer is a character, I guess. They're talking about a lot yeah, of free. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm in favor of uh, execution. Maybe, maybe our entire team needs to be executed <laughs> after tonight. Brian Kelly. <laughs> that's uh, when the reporter just steps back you know which is what yeah. the commentators did when jim mercy was talking he carried that broadcast yeah. for about 20 minutes yeah G- see jim Mer- uh not jim mercy chris ballard he's not about execution man that's it yeah it's not about execution you know what he <laughs> is having though quarterback at colorado defensive back in the nfl and here he is having, <laughs> having the time, the time of, his of his life, life. <laughs> You We're know what the fun funny with this audio board? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, we have too much fun with it. And the funniest thing too, actually, with that whole situation, the having the time of his life guy, I feel bad because I think he's just like an ESPN Deportes. He guy, is, you know, like he, he was like stuck on this, and people are Sergio flaming Dip. him and he's speaking like a second language, man. Like, kind of a break, but yeah, Sergio Dip, shout out if you ever wanted to pop on the podcast, we'd certainly have him. <laughs> having the time of his life, Vance Joseph. Oh man. man, that's so funny. I I got I got a good one. We'll we'll do it later. But shout out favorite. to just shout out to Denver Broncos head coaches, by the way. Just in yeah. general. <laughs> yeah, you Sean know? Sean Payton is also just automatically became worse once he started coaching that team. Yeah, something in the air out there. That mile yeah. high air. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, we should actually talk about the team for a little bit. Um, yeah. So first off, just overall thoughts on the game. You know, the first preseason loss in Matt Eberfuss's career. We know what that means. This team's going in the toilet, right? No. Uh, Nathan so this Peterman. seems going the right direction. <laughs> that, that is true. I was going to be actually, afraid. If we went 3-0 and again in the preseason, I'd be afraid. I'm like, oh, shit. It is, <laughs> Here we go uh, again. It is interesting that preseason success is typically, like, inversely correlated with regular season success. That's Yeah. It's unique. Um, Which I Packers two and zero, right? Well, yeah. the game got suspended, so yeah, scary situation yeah. there. But yeah, um, good thing he. It seemed like the players in good spirits though, so that's good. Um, and we'll, we can talk about those te- uh, our uh, divisional opponents later. I do have to say some, you know, some things about Jordan Love. Um, but you know, Nathan Peterman couldn't get it done. You know, completely blew it. Right at the end of the game, yeah. Burns, Robert Burns, right? He uh, he fumbled the football. Fullback, you get your touch and you fumble the football. Come on, man. Uh, this was a, this was a disaster tough. on every accord. Yeah. No, I mean that's why you got. We have our tried our true fullback in Kyrie Blazing game. You know he's been holding it down. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting game. I think luckily, you know, at least in watching it. The Bears seem pretty good. It just seemed like defensively, and I mean, I could be wrong on this, but even I think like one thing about the preseason as a whole that I don't think I've been terribly impressed with is like 
Special teams has just not really looked good. And I know that's kind of the most variable as far as, like, we're trying out a bunch of players to see where they fit, um, you know, in special teams and, you know, see what their value is, how they play. But for the Bears, it's just looked bad. Um, Defensively, just was kind of down on, like, the linebackers. You know, obviously not talking about, like, our starting guys. Um, And, you know... I guess I'll blow one of my stock up people and Jack Sanborn. Um, we were talking about it during the game. Thought he looked very good. So not addressing him. Um, but as far as some of the people a little bit further down the depth chart, eh, not the best game. Um, unfortunately for Tyreek Stevenson, could have had that first pick. Just went right through his hands. And people were saying that, you know, seems like he's trending downwards. I'm like, he was in the right position. All that, like, you know, still a rookie corner. Like I think people are reading too much into it, trying to give him like too tight of a leash or something. I, I think that people need to get off his back. I think that he's going to develop fine. Um, and I think most importantly, he was in the right position to make a play there just next time he's got to make it. Um, but just some things are kind of wonky. Wasn't overly impressed with the defense. I think obviously when Badgett was in there, offense, you know, ran extremely well. Um, he showed out. He already got into that. Um, uh, Darius Fountain made some big plays. I know we're not going to go head over heels or death wide receivers, but he looked really good out there. Obviously had that great catch for the touchdown. Style so move, yeah, yeah I have the double move. That was very nice, very clean. So it's like, there's definitely some good with the bad, but this was just kind of, this was the uglier preseason game. You know, it's just kind of, it was weird. It didn't hit me well. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I thought that there well, I was pleasantly surprised with some positions in the first preseason game. I think this was kind of like a regression to the norm with like yeah. good and bad players, like players that played well, players that, you know, played good. Um, so, yeah, let's get into stock up, stock down. Um, I- I'll mention, uh, you know, let's talk about Jack Sanborn because you brought it up. We'll just let's just start going through all the stock ups and then after we can move to some of the stock downs. Um, Jack Sanborn looked great. And I think he really kind of silenced because he was on the field with Noah Sewell too. And I think he silenced kind of some doubters, including ourselves. Like, will he be able to hold off Noah Sewell? Who uh, anybody that's you know paid attention to college football, Noah Sewell was someone that was kind of projected to potentially be a first round pick uh, the year prior after his what was it his junior year or sophomore year? I can't I remember. Sophomore, I believe year. Yeah. Um, at Oregon before they switched defenses. Um. And, you know, he's still a very talented player, but Jack Sanborn, he just sticks out because he's not, he's not that athletic. He's faster than his 40 time, but he's not that fast, but he just reads play so well. He's so instinctual, like really, really instinctual. Um, And I appreciate, I thought he had a great performance, man. I thought he did too. I think there's just a couple plays where he kind of overran the play a little bit and, you know, the ball carry got past him, but man, he was right up in there. His gap integrity is really good. His ability to read the play is uh, definitely off the charts, which I think, you know, mentally he plays faster than he does physically, which which helps him tremendously, uh, especially at that linebacker position. So that was great. Um, I know I already talked about Baskerville. Uh, I think along the defense too. And I always I like to load up my stock up more than stock down because I just think that Positive just guy. being – Yeah, right. I'm just trying to be optimistic. I think Zach Pickens – 
really had a bit of a coming out party in this game. Um, definitely was able to make more impressions in the backfield. Um, you know, add on pressures. Uh, he just, he jumped off. He jumped off more. It was easy to see him out on the field. Um, I didn't put him in my stock up, but I think definitely Javon Dexter took some steps forward as well. Um, but I wanted to, to highlight Pickens and also on the defensive side of the ball, wanted to make sure I brought him up again because you talked about him last week. And another really, I think consistency is big too. I think that highlighting players that had big single games is important, but consistency. Michael Ojemudia mm. is still looking solid. You know, yeah. he's definitely playing well. I think he's kept up his style of play. Uh, his quality of play over each of the preseason games. So definitely pleased, uh, definitely higher on him than I was, you know, at the start of all this. Well, he has a similar story to like Terrell Lewis, where in college he was good, got drafted kind of like third round, fourth round type of deal. And then once he got to the NFL, couldn't uh, stay on the field with injuries. And so, yeah, I, I've been impressed by him. I think he makes the roster. I'd be pretty surprised at this point if he didn't, especially – because he's playing significantly higher than someone like Jalen Jones, who, you know, in his short stints last year, and this honestly is giving me, uh, this new regime is giving me more insight, and I think this always happens to, like, how Ryan, the difference between, like, Ryan Pace and Ryan Poles, and, like, the undrafted free agents that this regime has brought in have been dudes, or, like, just, like, waiver claims. They've been They've been guys, you know? Um, and you know, Jalen Jones in stints last year played pretty well. Um, but you know, I think that him, Oja Moody, I yeah. think is going to make the team over him. I thought he's looked really good lengthier corner too, which is what, you know, Iberflus typically wants. Um, I actually had, not to cut you off, I had Jalen yeah. Jones on my stock down. I think that yeah. it was just, and like he's brought up there, I think that was kind of the perfect way to put it all together. It's just Oja Moody has really shown consistently. And I think, Jalen Jones, especially too, you know, I think against Titans, played fine. Um, but this past week against the Colts, it just seemed on the wrong side of plays. You know, a lot too many times, you know, players go in the end zone and and he was there not not making the play. So, yeah. you know, maybe unfortunate for him, but also I think that, like you said, he had some moments last year in the regular season, um, but this preseason is not working out as well for him. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'll give a stock up. Well, you you mentioned one of them, but I'll, I'll I'll mention them as as a duo, Pickens and Dexter. Yeah, you know, I I kind of uh, bashed on Dexter a little bit. I thought he played much much better this week, like significantly better. He was there were a couple snaps for Javon Dexter where he was the first player out of his stance, which is kind of like almost like a breath of fresh air for me because I, I we talked about on this podcast like one of the easiest ways to make an impact when you're a young pass rusher is to be quick out of your stance and 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 be really fast because you can beat guys so quickly just based on that it completely changes your pass rush how quickly you get out of your stance how much you fire into your uh blocker rather than standing straight up like Javon Dexter had done on all of college because of the read and react scheme where you just fire straight up not into your guy and uh seeing Javon Dexter do this I was like okay he's got the ability to do this, which is the first time I think I've really seen him take that step forward and show it wasn't consistent this game, not at all, but that was the first time there was a few plays that he just was the first one up and like pretty suddenly, like he's able to do it. He's got so much lower body strength. I'm surprised this is not natural to him. I think he squats like 
damn near 700 pounds. Like he, he's, he's, he's crazy. He's a crazy athlete. Um, and he's massive for playing that three technique position. I also noticed they're still keeping pickings in, uh, you know, the, no, the nose tackle and they're having Javon play three tech, which is crazy for some, like their size. You would think that their size, they'd play opposite positions, but man, I, that, that, that made me excited. Um, and Pickens too, you know, he didn't have like the, the big pass rush moves as much, but he, he was showing up in the run game and he had a couple chase downs, both him and Dexter, Dexter over the past two weeks have chased down some running backs, which, um, I think says something about the coaching of this Bears coaching staff. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, getting back downfield, uh, hitting the plays behind them, um, I was impressed with which with each uh, with each of them, which is why I brought him up. Um, but also too, Terrell Lewis. Um, I think that's kind of an obvious one, but uh, yeah. really made the huge impact play as far as forcing the fumble on the strip sack, and, and he's just kept making an impression. Uh, I think that he's really stood out as far as um, after Demarcus Walker, and um, you know I think that. Uh, after Demarcus Walker, I think that he's one of the guys I'm most excited to see off the edge. Uh, we yeah. already know what Travis Gibson is, um, but he's been playing solid, which you know we kind of talked about. Hey, like that's what we expect of him, uh, but he hasn't let down his style of play, which is you know I don't I think that any um, any rumors or any concern that he could potentially be cut is probably out the window, which I don't think takes all the critics off his back though, because he still needs to show it in the regular season. Uh, but I, I was definitely pleased with Terrell Lewis again. He just looks explosive off the edge. I yeah. mean, just the way he's getting down, um, his ability to use his, uh, be able to get lateral and, yeah. and rush off the edge, the edge speed, kill. man, it's, it's all there. Yeah. He's he's just one of those guys where if he puts it together, like he can be a damn good player in this league. Um, I'm I'm excited for Terrell Lewis. I think and, that he's going to end up being that third rusher for us over the two guys that we drafted. He was on Terrell Lewis was on my stock up too. Especially what Matty Rufus I'm sure loves is the way that he attacks the ball as a rusher, and that's why when yeah. he's wearing that 52. Sometimes he looks like Khalil Mack, man, because when he gets around that edge, he's doing the same thing. Mack wasn't always worried about getting to the quarterback. He's looking to get to the ball, and he gets yeah. the strip sack. And those are game-changing plays and game-changing players. Not that Terrell Lewis is going to be that this year, but he has shown, in my opinion at least, I'm going to get some hate for this, but like infinitely more upside than Dominic Robinson. And I, I, that's my one of my stock-down guys again. Him and even I'm even gonna say, um, you know, I, I, I'm even gonna say Travis Gibson is is a little bit stocked down. I know that he still got pressures, um, still making an impact, but um, you know, obviously not the splash play. I think like last week it was a little more even with like Terrell Lewis and Travis Gibson, but I think this week uh, Terrell Lewis kind of showed that he provides just a lot more than. Uh, what Travis Gibson is, but for me, Dominique Robinson, like, I hate to say this because I don't want to be negative, but I feel like he's Bears fans have developed their whole perception on him off of one game, and that was the first game of last season. Yeah, and I don't think he's really done anything since then to tell me that he even deserves a roster spot over some of these other guys. 
Yeah, I don't know where his confidence is at, too, you know, because he's definitely thinking the same thing as well, you know, like, you know, where's the production at? He He's kind of splashed on, like you said, against San Francisco last year. You know, where has it been? And if I were him, I'd be thinking the same thing, because I think really it was Terrell Lewis and then DeAnthony Jones, who was getting like the next most pressures um, on the defense. And I think that, you know, Dominique Robinson is just not when. Okay, it's kind of interesting because like on the offensive line, like Jatire Carter, you know, I think he's a stock up guy still offensive line. Seems great because you just don't really notice him all too much, which is good on the offensive line. On the defensive line, if you're not getting noticed, like, yeah, that's no bueno, especially at the edge. Like, you got to be making some kind of impression on the game because that's what it's all about. Throwing the quarterbacks off their game. If you're not getting the sack, then getting the pressure, getting your hand up to deflect the ball. And it's just Dominique Robinson, just enough times I'm not hearing his name enough in the game. And he he is like decent enough against the run. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give him. And like again, athletically he's very gifted. But I just don't see like he might be athletically gifted in terms of like RAS score and things like that. But I just don't see like the same flexibility or like the the specific athleticism to play that edge rusher position that is so unique in the NFL. Yeah. No, so. I agree. Which yeah. is, yeah, it's unfortunate. I, I think someone in like my stock down that I'm not trying to hate on too much, but it's just at least from last regular season puts a bad taste in my mouth to see it again a little bit. Is um, Equinemius St. Brown only had the one target and it was a drop, which is unfortunate because I feel like he had some really untimely drops last year. <laughs> And I don't think that he's a threat not to make the roster because I think they really value his blocking. But it'd be really nice if he could bring a little bit more to the passing game, you know. Yeah. And he kind of made some big plays last year out of necessity. But, you know, I'm waiting to see a little bit more of an impact, especially when he had a shot, you know, this this week. But I think we just know what Equinemius is at this point in his career, to be honest. Like, yeah. he's he's going to be like – a Josh Bellamy figure. <laughs> yeah, but don't you just kind of hope that at some point, though? Like, no yeah. shot to Equinemius, but at some point you'd hope that we could just move past, right? Like, we don't need to keep on a wide receiver just because he's a excellent blocker. Yeah. You know, like, hopefully we can load up a wide receiver room. Because it's like, it's just a different breed. And now that you should be comparing every team to the Chiefs, but you look at, like, the Chiefs, like, wide receiver room, it's just stacked with, like, Maybe not all of them are going to pan out in the league, but just like athletes, you know, yeah. just guys that are are crazy good at some point in their career have shown that they can just play like at a, like a unhumanly level, you know, yeah. just play out. And unfortunately, someone like Justin Ross, like it's been injuries mixed in there as well. But when he was seeing time in the preseason in that week one played extremely well. So it's just compare and contrast. Um I brought up Doris Fountain, I think, stock up for for his great catch. Um, that was great again. Yeah, and he's then, talented. He's talented. Yeah, he's talented. I'm curious to see. I think at the bottom, that's going to be real interesting as far as cuts, as far as at the bottom of the wide receiver room. You know, I want to see how, how this has played out, the impression that um, preseason has made, because I think there's definitely, you know, Watchers like Fountain have played well. I think the young guys, like as far as like Tyler Scott, I don't think he's really necessarily worrying, but I think that it puts, you know, 
at the did aforementioned. He I didn't notice him. Yeah. I, so. I don't think he played. But. Yeah, I'm not sure about that one. And then really kind of my last two stock downs that I had, uh, Barrington Wade, Michael Walker. I think that really ultimately, like I said, uh, linebacker room, as you got deeper down the depth chart, just started making uh, – you know, making me feel less less confident, at least about the the extreme depth on there, uh, which, you know, the Bears have been kind of, as far as those last few uh, linebacker spots, have been kind of rotating, trying some different players. Um, we've talked about, you know, Noah Sewell, um, who we expect to be on the team, Jack Sanborn, who we definitely expect to be on the team, and we're not talking about TJ Edwards or uh, uh, Tremaine Edmonds at all. But as far as those last few spots, I just – I'm not seeing all too much that jumps off on the pages of me as far as I absolutely want uh, one guy over the other. So, I don't know. Just yeah. a little bit down there. My stock ups uh, were one of my – some of my next stock ups were uh, <laughs> a position I came after a little bit last game. I thought Foreman and Roshan looked a lot better. Yeah, um, uh, Roshan was my, one of my stock ups. Roshan, yeah. Roshan looks good. Like he, he again flashed in that first one in the first preseason game. My big concern, just to kind of sum it up, with the first one was like he also had like a lot of down moments and like getting caught behind the line. And I, I just felt like he was like just hesitating just a second too long, and like he could have hit the gap a little quicker. Um, this game, you just saw the efficiency more, and that's like. There's, there's a lot of running backs in the league that can break off like a huge run, but there's not a lot of running backs in the league that are just consistently able to hammer away. One thing that I really like about Roshan is even when he gets hit, he's still able to fall forward another two, three yards, yeah. which is like... Well, that's why everyone brings up the old school with him, but it's like every commentator would tell you that they love him. You know, He always falls forward and gets that extra yard, yard oh, and a yeah. half, but it's true. You know, yeah. That's really how he does play, and I think that... He's like a bruiser in that right. You know, I think he has really low pad level, which is another thing that coaches and broadcasters would love. Um, but I think also, too, just that ability for him to work in the passing game, that slip screen was money um, that they ran to him. That was executed very well. Even got behind one of his blockers, pushed him to get that extra couple of yardage. Um, so he's really just a fiend for for getting in there and, and you know, finding – or making a hole too, even like, even mm-hmm. if that hole is not fully opened up, like he's just going to lower his pads, get into it. Um, so I think that he really showed out really well. And I think that really, as far as his just ability to do everything that you can ask of him at that position as well. Um, as far as he's his pass protection ability and pass blocking as a running back, um, definitely separates him. So I think that honestly, he's pretty invaluable. And you talked about kind of just how he balances out well with with uh, Khalil Herbert. And ultimately, too, it's like for me with Roshan Johnson, I just feel like the the oh wait no, not ceiling the floor for for Roshan Johnson is just that he gives us a David Montgomery type performance. That's yeah. the floor. Yeah, and I think that he can achieve far better than that. Yeah, he he to me is like. His floor would be something like, uh, geez, the um, Jamal Williams, like player, yeah, like that's like his floor to me. Like he's never gonna be kind of like that main guy, but he's always gonna be, uh, be there. So um, I should be able to get you plenty of touchdowns too, which yeah. is really important to be able to pound it in. Difference between you know those four point plays as far as uh, you know, like a third and goal situation is huge. 
I don't I don't notice like a uh, a huge speed difference than than with Herbert either. Like I it I would have expected it's it to be the elusiveness. It's the elusiveness of Herbert though. It's a little bit. Yeah. That is true. There's a little bit more Wiggle. ability to separate in in Herbert's cuts whereas Roshan kind of changes the angle on you. Maybe makes maybe breaks a tackle because he makes you take a weird angle. But Herbert's able to actually kind of generate space and, and yeah. take it. So, yeah. but yeah, Herbert's kind of deceptive. He doesn't have like as, as high of a top end as maybe you'd think. But I think he's able to shoot through the shoot through the yeah. holes. And that was my big issue with Montgomery is I felt like at times he was like, sure he would break a lot of tackles and he was really shifty, um, like kind of like Kareem Hunt, very similar uh, play style, but he would at times not be decisive enough and get caught. And like, sometimes like Roshan, when he gets rolling downhill, man, he's, he, he's a big dude. He, he is, uh, he's the most physically imposing, uh, running back we have for sure. So, um, yeah. And then I thought Foreman, I thought he had a a couple good runs and like the fact that we're talking about him as like our running back three is like huge to me. Yeah, no, I think that, um, man, I was it like a, I think it was like a weak side, like zone, zone run that he had where he just, yeah, you know, as well as we're talking about, uh, Roshan Johnson finishing his runs, man, that one was just, he had a vicious ending to his one run, like just absolutely pummeled the fender down and eventually fell forward and, and, yeah. you know, was taken down, but it was just like, man, and the defender went at his knees when that happened. Yeah. He went low on him so that, that's that's pretty <laughs> crazy. crazy um just uh one one more set i'll do i thought um borum looked a lot better obviously him and avante collins which was very highly graded as far as yeah. his performance yeah so borum borum went to right tackle um he was originally at left tackle last game and collins looked awful <laughs> at left tackle so i don't i don't know what um what you do about that but even you text me like this left tackle sucks <laughs> yeah that's that's it's bad um Avanti yeah. Collins looked horrible Alex Leatherwood you know I I, I thought that the the backup interior three kind of regressed a little bit to the mean from last week I thought they had a really strong performance Kramer I I thought looked a lot worse this week Alex Leatherwood you see again like he's a, a very capable backup for sure but I would just like to see him use his size and be a little more physically imposing. Like he gets stood up so easily. And like, I just know that in the regular season, he's going to, if he, it has to be the backup, he's not going to be a liability, but he's definitely not going to be a strength and he's going to get beat. Um, and Jatiri Carter, I thought he had another, uh, another just solid performance. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I thought it was interesting. I'm just hoping that like my one fear as far as that we don't regret taking not taking a center in this draft doesn't come true but yeah we're gonna have to see how that one plays out yeah a lot of good centers in the draft i was surprised we didn't draft one um yeah it's communism i mean i mean it's a pure rpo is the purest form of communism i mean (laughs) well was that our our recently departed from his head coaching (laughs) position friend pat fitzgerald (laughs) yeah i love that i love that quote so much (laughs) it's communist 
<laughs> I'll see him at the Alpha Male convention this weekend. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Hazing is a is a big big draw. For that. Yeah. But, um, finally, to check in with kind of the other teams, I thought you know for the most part, very again week two performances. Not a lot you can take out of preseason week two. It's the worst week of the preseason, yeah. which is already pretty bad. Um, I thought for Jordan Love, he had a better game uh, than last week for sure. I still just like his first series was horrible. It was like the same thing as the last week where his first series was like super questionable and the second series, he kind of pulled it together. Um, man, Which you I, never like, is that like bad scripting by, um, or is that just bad quarterback play? You know? I, don't, I don't, I think it's a mixture of both I, to be honest. Yeah. Jordan loves like, I think showed enough not to press the panic button. You know, I think he's played like solid enough, but you know, it, it's just I, I hate how everything these days has to be so like it's like this man's either going to be like you know carrying the torch after Aaron Rodgers is just an absolute like dumpster fire, and it's just like I've been saying this past couple of weeks, like I think he's going to be someone, and not in all the worst words of the term, is kind of like perfectly mediocre. You know, I think mm-hmm. that he's not going to win him a boatload of games, but. We talked about the talent that the Packers have on that offense, as far yeah. as especially wide receivers too. Like they, and maybe even Musgraves pops off. I mean, if if he has a great rookie year, especially with how much you know young wide or young quarterbacks love to dump the ball off the tight end, you know he might put up some decent production. But what does that production actually lead to is the real question. But We'll see about that. I mean, I think that everyone, of course, wants to have their opinion, um, and I get it. I have my opinion on him, too. I'm not super high on him, but I think he's shown that he's not going to come out here and and be tossing picks all day, but I think he's going to toss a good amount of picks, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So I also think that it's a little bit just what you're going to get with Jordan Love, where, I mean, that's what we saw in college, man. He is he's up and down, very up and down. Like sometimes he'll he'll throw a ball and you're like, holy crap. Sometimes he'll throw a ball and you're like, what are you thinking? Um, yeah, kind of again similar to like Trey Lance, uh, Jameis Winston. Like as far as they're like not in play style, but like how erratic it can be at times. Um, I don't know, man. I I I hope I really hope that you're right. I hope that this team is not a bottom of the barrel team just because I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm still scared. Still scared, man. I don't want Caleb Williams to be a Packer. Um, And I want Jordan Love to be a Packer as long as possible. I I really do. I think uh, he would be – I'd be very happy if Jordan Love is a Packer for a long time. Yeah. No, I mean, exactly. Hopefully – Hopefully he can be a Packer for a long time and give us a good amount of wins. <laughs> how about you know, uh, how about uh, Bryce Young? Bryce Young? I don't know. I'm trying not to read too much, and I think that especially with like C.J. Stroud too. Like I know that he's kind of had his struggles early. A lot of these quarterbacks have kind of struggled early. Um, of course, we didn't get to see Richardson play uh, against the Bears, which was interesting, um, which is also kind of another thing I was going to bring up about joint practices, kind of making preseason feel even more irrelevant. 
but I think Bryce Young can succeed. He's really working against it, and I think the situation at Carolina, it's not going to be great for him if he's running for his life, you know, and it seems like he might be doing that a good bit this year, which is great for the Bears because we could get a great draft pick. Um, but, yeah, I'm unsure of how he can perform with that offensive line in front of him. And that's what's, that's what's I think, kind of caught the Panthers by surprise because they did invest some money and, you know, not bringing in big guys, but, they you know, they brought in, what, Hayden Hurst, right, at tight end, if I yeah. remember correctly, and they brought in, you know, Miles Sanders. They brought, in, they brought in some guys to try to put, you know, Adam Thielen, not high-level guys, but someone, players that have, are established in the league. And uh, I, I just think they're taken by such surprise because of how, you know, much everyone was hyping up this offensive line and how good statistically they looked at times last year. Um, Iki Aquanu ha- has looked horrible in this preseason, like flat-out liability um, this preseason. Not as bad as Alex Leatherwood looked last preseason when he was on the Raiders, uh, but <laughs> but uh, he's looked horrible, um, which is also kind of a crazy, uh, crazy development. I think, you know, again, Bryce Young, I think he's going to be good. It's As a Bears fan, it's been pleasing at least to see the that – they're uh, when a team has a bad offensive line, they're typically going to have a pretty bad year. And it, I, it seems like this team will provide us a top 10 pick almost certainly, hopefully closer to top five. Um, it, it's going to be a long year. I, I'm rooting for Bryce. That in, though. I'm rooting for Bryce young. Um, yeah, I, I have nothing against Bryce young. I know these bears fans are like, Oh, thank God we we got we didn't take Bryce Young and then there's Panthers fans like you should have taken Bryce Young. DJ Moore was not whatever. Like that's that's aside from the point. We'll play uh, Bryce Young like once every four years. Um, you know, I'm rooting for him. The thing that I did think was concerning though was in the first game he was caught multiple times on his tippy toes when he was looking to throw <laughs> a pass. That's bad. That's concerning. Yeah. I can speak to someone that's, you know, like five, eight and a half. You know, sometimes you do need to get up on your tippy toes just to to get the full the full picture of everything. So I can't blame him for that move. Um, but it's, you know, maybe not optically the best thing that you want to see. But he's been, you know, he knows how damn tall he is. He's been working with it his whole life. So did you see the uh, <laughs> the reporter after the like the media guy after the game? Oh, the New York Giants. Like, yeah. He's like, he's like, I'm five. He's like, I'm five. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's so weird. It's been a weird week for teams posting like things on social media. And I know we always end up wrapping college football into this podcast. But of course, I'm not sure if you were made aware of it, Austin, but there was the Cincinnati Bearcats football account posting about (laughs) (laughs) Wisconsin (laughs) as Luke Fickle, the former Cincinnati coach, now coaching at Wisconsin. It was just it was a Must very have took pro- his social media guy with him. Yeah, or exactly. It's just a very odd thing to see. So. And then the president, you know, not to get political, but uh, the, the White House uh, speaker tweeted out something on her account that was from the president's perspective. So social media lines are getting crossed this week. Yeah, man. No kidding. You got to check what profile you're signed into. But. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Well, man, you know. I think that was that was a pretty good podcast. I'm looking forward so. to uh, the future of this week. Can we get one more uh, go Tigers go the Tigers. season. 
Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, I'll cut the music for you. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Go Tigers. A little technical issues, but go Tigers. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. It's, it's going to be a good week. Uh, college football is back. By the next time, we'll yes. probably be talking on this podcast. Yes. Week zero. It's no? here, man. Is Michigan playing? No, they're not playing week zero. But they're going to be playing their first three games without uh, Harbaugh this year. Yeah. So self-imposed uh, suspension. No. So it is what it, it is. What it is. <laughs> USC is playing week zero. USC is? Yeah. 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 Very nice. Yeah. I have to check to see if NIU is as well. I know they play Boston College for their first game. Yeah. Um, but, man, know, man, can't wait. Can't wait. Um, preseason week three coming up as well. Uh, but hey, we'll be here. And all I'll say on any note, you know, if, if Flus doesn't work out for the Bears, we'll get Coach O. You know, yeah. we'll get Coach O. Yeah, we will. All right. Bear down, guys. Bear down. <laughs>